0: Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today is from the Gospel of St. Matthew where Jesus tells this parable saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. And he sent servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. The king then told the attendants, the one who was not wearing the, the wedding clothes, tie him hand and foot throw them outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are invited, but few are chosen. A wedding. Now, dear friends of Christ, you know, we, we had a wedding in our family. My son Alice got married in early August and and in the midst of COVID, you know, we could not invite everybody we wanted. So we had to go through that process of, you know, who 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 do you not invite and to the wedding? And of course the, there wasn't enough room at the reception to invite everybody to. And so you had to had uh, we, we invited more than we should have. The wedding was jam-packed, and, and so was the reception. We were kind of shocked how many came. But can you imagine? You put on all those invitations, and then nobody shows up, or just a few show up. All the waste of the planning for the wedding, and then all the waste of the money. That would be a great disappointment. I mean, can you imagine something like that happening today? Well, people in Jesus' day couldn't imagine something like that happening either. And so Jesus tells them this, I mean, it's an absolutely ridiculous story, a parable about a wedding. The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. Can you imagine the headlines? I mean, this is the king, right? And, and it says, that the headlines the next day, King plans big wedding. No one shows. Well, not only is that unheard of, it's, it's quite impossible. It really is a ridiculous scenario. Because if a king has a wedding, people show. I mean, there's always people who want to impress the king at the very base level. Even if they hated the king, they're going to show up for some kind of favor hoping that the king will at least appreciate people are going to show. So why didn't they show up for this king? Why didn't they show up for this son? And what is this wedding banquet all about anyway? What does the wedding feast represent? And we're going to talk about all those things, and why do so many people refuse, as we talk about many are invited, few chosen. That's our theme. Many invited, few chosen. Our parable this morning, once again, is about the kingdom of heaven, so we have to ask the question, what is the kingdom of heaven? By now, if you've been coming to church all all, since April, uh, you should have a general idea of what the kingdom of heaven is, and yet... I bet you're thinking, oh, what was that again? Well, the kingdom of heaven is where God's grace and mercy and his forgiveness rule in your heart. The kingdom of heaven is the salvation of Jesus Christ that lives in you. And so inside of you is this gift, it's this kingdom where Jesus rules with His grace, with His mercy, with His forgiveness. And Jesus says many are invited. Many are invited to that mercy. Many are invited to that grace, to that forgiveness. And I would imagine it's true since Jesus says uh, He desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So to illustrate God's love for people, he, Jesus tells us parable you know, uh, about how much people need him, tells this parable about a king and his son. And it really does paint quite a powerful picture, this parable. People reject the invitation to the wedding. And not only did they reject the invitation, they reject the king, they reject the son. Now, they didn't want to go to the wedding, but why would you refuse to go to such a wedding? Listen to how Isaiah described the wedding. Remember, this is, this is what I read from Isaiah just a little while earlier that talks about, of course, heaven. When Christ dies and our bodies are resurrected and Christ puts us on the new earth, this, He makes everything, purges the sin out of it, the first order of business, the wedding feast. The Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, for you people who love wine. This is the best wine. And rich food full of marrow of aged wine well refined. He'll swallow up death forever. And the Lord God will wipe away tears from their faces, and the reproach of His people will, take away, will be taken away from all the earth, for the Lord has spoken. And it will be said on that day, Behold, this is our God. We've waited for Him that He might save us. This is our Lord. We've waited for Him. Let us be glad and rejoice in His salvation. And now I ask you, who would want to miss an event like that? Who would want to miss such a celebration that is made by God for His people? And we say, well, nobody would want to miss a wedding like that, a celebration like that. But it's just the opposite. Very few want to come. Why is that? I assume it's because they don't believe there's really going to be a wedding feast. It's because they don't really believe that there's a king. It's because they really don't believe that there's a son. And they really don't believe that there's a kingdom of heaven that rules in our hearts. And they don't believe that their sinful heart needs God's mercy and grace and forgiveness and that they don't need salvation. They're not clothed in Christ. They're not clothed for the wedding feast. You know, we read about a guy in our parable. He shows up at the wedding, and he's not properly clothed. He shows up, I mean... Now, what this means is this guy isn't wearing the robe of righteousness, the, the, the blood of Christ that covers our sins. That's the robe of righteousness. That's why pastors wear the white robe. You know, underneath, as you always remember, you have black because I'm a sinful man and I am condemned by my own sin, just as the whole world is. But Christ covers me with his blood and he makes me, and, and my, our sins are white like the snow, Isaiah says. That's the robe of righteousness. But this guy comes in. He's not his sins aren't covered. He's not supposed to be in the wedding. Who let him in? And he's not prepared. He's dressed in an unholy way and the king was furious. He saw there a man with no wedding garment and he said to him, "Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment?" And the man was speechless. The king said to the attendants, Bind him hand and foot and cast him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Of course, Jesus is talking about hell. Separation from God for all eternity. Separation from all that's good for all eternity. If you're not clothed in God's love and His grace and His mercy and His forgiveness, you'll not be allowed in for that's the way it is in the kingdom of heaven. Many are called. Many are clothed, but few are chosen. And Jesus says, they refused to come. They refused to come. So the king sent servants out to remind the people to come to the wedding for those who had refused the invitation. "I' have made my dinner," He said, "Please come. My oxen are there. The fatty calf has been ready and butchered, and everything is ready. come to the wedding banquet." How did they respond to this invitation? They paid no attention and they went off. The Greek word literally means, you know, they did not care a lick about the invitation. They had other things to do. In fact, they had such a huge disdain, not only for the king, but for his banquet, that they walked, they went, they went away. Each to do his own thing each to live their own lives the way they wanted to live their own lives. Each to their own affairs, to raise their family, to to work, to spend time boating and biking and whatever things they do for pleasure, or maybe just simply living in sin. And when people reject the king's invitation to the wedding feast, it reminds us of the people in our lives that we know who have rejected the king's invitation to the wedding feast too. These are our friends and neighbors, our co-workers. They've rejected the invitation, but God still continues to invite them. God uses us to invite them. It's not too late. John three sixteen. Jesus t- talks about his incredible love in this gracious invitation for all people. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It's a personal invitation, and you can take the world, take that name, uh, those words, the world out, and put your name. God so loved Paul that he gave his only son. It's a personal invitation. But it doesn't matter how personal it gets. People still reject the invitation. They're not excited about it. Matter of fact, they reject it vociferously. They reject it vehemently, and violently even even at times. They refuse to come to the wedding. And the king told his servants, tell those who were invited, See, I prepared my dinner. My ox and fat calves have been slaughtered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast, but they paid no attention. And they went off, one to his farm, another to his business. And while the rest seized his servants and treated them shamefully and killed them. You know, remember Jesus' parable last week? The parable of the tenants in the vineyard? And how they killed the, they killed the messengers, the prophets, the teachers. And then they killed the son. They killed Jesus too. Well, Jesus is still harping on all this. It's still under his skin. And so Jesus says, And the king was angry! I suppose so. He sent his troops to murder, to to get those murderers and burn their city. I guess God doesn't like it when his invitation is rejected. John 3.19 says, But this is the verdict. Light has entered the world, but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds are evil. You know, we see this darkness all around us. We see this rejection of God's kingdom all around us. We see it's clearly evident in our world today how people wander from God. But what are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to do as believers in God? What are we supposed to do in the midst of all of this darkness, in the midst of all of this rejection of of God's invitation? How are we supposed to stand in such a day? Well, the Apostle Paul worries about you. He worried about his people. And he prayed, he said this, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. This is a difficult time. I pray that you may stand. It's not an easy time to stand. That you then, being rooted and grounded in love, may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge, and that you may be filled then with the fullness of God. Why did Paul pray this prayer so fervently? Because he knew. He knows your sinful heart. He knows mine. He knows how apt we are to stray. He knows that when the world is rejecting the king's invitation all around us, that we too will become apathetic. We too will just simply quit caring. Because it's so easy to raise our families and to go to work and to have things to do on Sunday morning and and to have no time for the Lord. Paul's right. The people simply stop caring. And we see this during the time of COVID, perhaps. There are times when the ugliness of our sin prevents us from seeing and appreciating what Christ Jesus has done for us. Appreciating the invitation, so we stop worshiping. We stop coming to feast on the the Lord's Supper, on His body and blood. We stop celebrating Christ in our lives. Why? Because our hearts are no longer being rooted and grounded in His love. And I pray that their hearts might be rooted and grounded in His love. We may even become like the older brother of the parable of The prodigal son, remember him? When the prodigal son finally comes back, the the son that was the bad son finally comes back, the father throws a feast and everybody's celebrating and the older son says, I don't want to celebrate. The ugly human heart does that. It doesn't want to celebrate. It gets to the point where it grows old on Christ and it grows old on all the things of God and it grows old on the invitation to the kingdom. It grows old on forgiveness and God's mercy and God's grace and it takes it all for granted, puts it in the back seat and finds other things to replace it. And they stop coming and they stop caring. They stop bothering about the things of faith. They stop studying the Word of God. They stop praying and they wander from the Lord and soon find themselves rejecting the invitation. The invitation to the kingdom of heaven. However, people throughout, even though people reject, Jesus says the gospel of the kingdom of heaven would be proclaimed throughout the world as a testimony to all the nations and then the end will come. We'll keep inviting people. We'll keep proclaiming the kingdom. And then the end will come. Listen, God desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So are you getting it? Is is Jesus' parable making an impact in your heart this morning? I hope so. I sure hope so. Because Jesus clothes us. He he delivers us. He saves us. He frees us. He redeems us. He gives us his, His forgiveness, His mercy, His grace. And it rules in our heart. And we have salvation. And we have that promise. And we have that certainty. God is for you. Come to the wedding. You are clothed. You're properly ready. The Lord has done all of this for you. And it's wonderful what the Lord has done. And it's wonderful what God has offered. And He invites you to partake of His salvation. What a wonderful invitation. And it's free. You don't have to do anything but just hold on to the invitation and say it's mine. He gave me the invitation. You simply cling. You simply wear the wedding clothes. Christ forgiving love. You simply wear it proudly. This is what Christ has done for me. the righteousness He's given you because the blood of the Lamb shed His blood to wash all your sins away, all the stains of your condemnation. And we're reminded of it in our baptism, right? Because it's at our baptism that we receive these wedding clothes where our our old sins are drowned and we we rise to a newness of life robed in the righteousness of Christ that the King has clothed you in proper garments for the day. Paul writes about it in Jesus Christ, you are all sons of God through faith. As many of you were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. In putting on Christ, you've received His clothing. You've received His mercy. You've received His forgiveness. You've received His, his invitation. You've received His kingdom. You're clothed for the kingdom of heaven and today Jesus says, Come, everything's ready. You're wearing the right clothes. You have the gift, forgiveness, grace, mercy, ruling in your heart. And because you have that reality living in you, you're welcome. Welcome to the feast. Come. For many, you're invited, but few are chosen. Amen. Now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus and to life everlasting. Amen.